Welcome back to another episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I am your illustrious host, Reagan Rose. While I'm back this week, I took a short break last week. Normally we release episodes. I I always say we as if there's like a whole team of people behind this. No, it's just me. Um, Normally I release episodes every Monday and last Monday was Memorial Day and I thought, you know, why don't I take a little break? And besides, I've actually been working on a bit of a side side project. (laughs) As you guys know, if you've been listening, Redeeming Productivity is my side project. My main job is serving as the director of digital platforms for Grace to You, the uh, Bible teaching ministry of John MacArthur. But on the side, I do this. And on the side of this, I have begun actually another podcast with my good friend, Miska Wilhelmsen. And it's a podcast called How Should a Man Live? And basically what we do on this podcast is we talk about uh, life between creation, like Genesis, and new creation, right? When God makes a new heavens and a new earth. And we kind of look at some of the features that are shared between what what was man created to be in the beginning and how God has said we will live on the new earth um, when he reconciles all things to himself. And we're asking the question, okay, if we know what man was made to be like and we know where man is headed and what he will do in eternity, how should that inform how we live today? And so we talk about topics about our, our relationship with, with nature, with creation. We talk about um, what, it, what it means to be a man in this modern world and, and how uh, a lot of the, the ways that technology and, and modern living has kind of divorced us from the physical world. And so, yeah, I mean, that I don't know if that sounds interesting to you, but if it does, check out How Should a Man Live? Uh, it's available on all the podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to this. Um, and it's also on howshouldamanlive.com. On today's episode, what I wanted to talk to you about is the issue of confidence. Confidence. You know, there's a lot of uh, talk about confidence, especially in productivity circles, you know, and how, how do you get yourself pumped up to make a sale? How do you lead well? Um, how, do you, how do you exude confidence? And a lot of the tips and the techniques and the things that the world will tell us about what it means to be confident is boils down to a lot of kind of fake it till you make it kind of mumbo jumbo. And I don't think that that's how it should be, obviously. I, I think that um, our confidence as Christians comes from a different place. And I've just seen in my own life, I, I've I, I've struggled with, with confidence, especially as I've stepped into new leadership areas in life. You know, I've, I've led a lot of things throughout my, uh, my life. I've, I've led mission trips and Bible studies and youth groups and, um, you know, departments and, and, and teams of people. And with each one of those steps, there, there's been times along the way, especially in the beginning, but even, even throughout where I doubt my own uh, ability to lead and more so my, my kind of right to lead. Uh, and I think even parents experience this. You, you, you sometimes wonder like, what business do I have raising this kid? Like, I'm not qualified. Um, but we see in all areas of life, anytime um, 
you know, you want to give someone advice, you know, if, if you're the type of person who kind of overqualifies and you're like, well, that's just my opinion, you know, don't take it too seriously. I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. Um, it's what that is, is it's a lack of confidence. It's us doubting our right to lead and to uh, give even advice sometimes. And so I've often found myself asking that question, well, what right do I have to lead? How can I actually have confidence? And, and when I tell people, say, in my department, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the right way to go, and I want you to follow me. How can I say that and, and actually believe it? And, you know, we see this also all over <laughs> the world. Uh, leaders in every capacity are constantly being questioned. It's kind of the nature of um, man to to question leaders and say, I could do a better job than that. Of course, you see this in the scripture with, with Moses. You know, he, he's constantly being questioned by people in Korah's rebellion uh, and other folks as well who were like, well, that guy has no business leading us. What's he doing? Um, and that's something that's constantly going to be happening. And we see it in, in politics as well. People question leadership and, and say, well, was that the best decision or, 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 or should they have done something else? And a lot of times it's, of course, easy to uh, question the decisions of people when you're not the one in charge, when you don't have all the same information. Uh, and so I think um, you know, this is a good example right now with, with the COVID stuff and some of the decisions that our political leaders have made, or maybe even um, the church leaders at your own church. And you kind of question that and say, was that the right choice? Or they shouldn't have done that. It's so much simpler. They should have done this. Well, put yourself in their shoes and think, man, how, how hard it is to make some of these decisions. Uh, and if you're a leader in any capacity of life, you have felt that uncertainty. You have felt that uh, waffling of, man, so much is riding on this. How can, I, how can I lead with confidence? Well, it boils down to the, that question that I asked there is, what right do I have to lead? I think that that really is the question that we should be asking ourselves. Why should anyone listen to me? Why should anyone follow me? What right do I have to do this? And the irony is when we ask that question or we question our own right to lead, whether that be in, you know, maybe you're leading at a company or just in your home or, or even a small group of people at your church, you say, why, why should they listen to me? Well, the problem with that is it actually is, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if you, if you meditate on that too long, if you, if you constantly are asking yourself that question, it actually results in bad leadership. Uh, because you you don't deliver orders or instructions with confidence, and so people sense that uncertainty, and then they're kind of hesitant to follow because they're like, well, if he's not sure about it, why should we listen to him? Uh, and ironically, you know, when you question your own leadership, you're actually acting as a poor leader, and thereby you kind of confirm that original suspicion that you really have no business leading anybody. So right, it's a, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy if you're constantly just doubting, doubting, doubting. And I think if those of us who are have been placed in positions of leadership, if we're to lead well, if we're really to actually fulfill that calling well, we need to lead with confidence. We need to. And I think we all know that we need confident leaders, and, and we respect confident leaders when we see them. So how do we become them? And, you know, that leading with confidence, um, if we're going to do it, we first need to be assured that we have that right, that, that we have any business leading. So where do we, how do we 
become secure in that assurance that we have any business leading anybody? Well, I, I think that there, there's answers in Scripture, obviously. Uh, you no matter what you're leading, maybe right? it's a church, a business, family, team, God has actually given Christian leaders instructions on how we can lead, but not just lead, but lead with confidence. And that confidence comes not from looking where the world tells us to look, which the world, right? Where do they tell you to look for your confidence? Well, look at yourself. Look at your qualifications or or your intelligence or your skills. All those things justify. Those are the things that say that you should look at and say, look, that's why, that's why you should be leading these people. You're better than them. You're smarter than them. You've been doing this for X amount of years. So of course you should lead. No, that's, that's not where a Christian's confidence to lead comes from. It actually should come from realizing that our right to lead comes from God. It comes from God. Let me explain. Well, God grants the right to lead with confidence. That's kind of my, my thesis here, right? And I actually derive this from a passage you might not think about deriving this from, and that's from Romans 13. And you've probably, if, if uh, you know, you if people in your church are talking much about, you know, the kind of the question about should we open our churches or should we leave them closed, you know, is that is that violating Romans 13? Uh, that, that's actually the passage I'm talking about is Romans 13, 1 through 2. So it's been discussed a lot, but I want to look at it from kind of a different angle. Um So I'll just read it real quick. Romans 13, 1 and 2, it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Right? So so the nugget of truth, what is it that, that Paul's getting at here in Romans 13? He's saying that it's God who sovereignly ordains governments and rulers and authorities in the world. Right? The, the, you know, the, the, the heart of the king is in the hand of God. He's the one in his grand plan and his providence has put Donald Trump to be the president. He's put the Supreme Court people to be the Supreme Court people. The, it's God who does it. That's the point. All authority is ultimately derived authority. It's authority that is given by God. And what Paul says is we then who are subject to governing authorities should not resist those authorities because God has put them there. Which is an amazing thing, actually, when you think about it, that, that God tells us to do that. And an amazing statement, really, if you reflect on it, about God's sovereignty over all the affairs of life, even in our um, governments and and authority structures, and and he says actually not even not just that uh, should we not resist them and and try to go against them we should actually give them their due and this is you know what Jesus said Mark twelve seventeen he says render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and he's talking about paying taxes and, and vice versa render to God the things that are God's he said yeah you you respect the authorities you give them what is their due because God has put them there. And in that, in so doing, you are acknowledging that their authority is derived from God, and by obeying them and submitting to them, you obey and submit to God. Nice. All right. So I, I think a lot of you guys, you listening to this, uh, you probably are on a similar page with me uh, on thinking about that passage. But I want you to notice something about this passage. These instructions, these instructions, Romans thirteen, 
Yeah, they're specifically given in regard to governing authorities. But the principal truth that lies behind what he's saying there actually has a really broad application. Because this, this statement Paul's making rests upon the truth that God has sovereign authority in appointing human leaders. And if God is appointing human leaders, and if God is meticulously sovereign over all the affairs of life, it means that not just the president and your local you know, Congress people and whatever, not just the governing people, but even the authorities at your work or the authorities uh, on a school board. Or, or these different structures that may not be governmental in the way you, you might think, but these people who have authority in our lives, they too are worthy of their due. And in fact, this, is, this principle is applied in 1 Peter 2.18. It says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. And so Peter there applies this principle and says, hey, even if it's bad leaders, and specifically, even if it's the servants and masters, if you if you are working for somebody, even if they're not a good leader and they're not good to you, you still need to respect them and serve them. And that's because God, in submitting to, in submitting to earthly leaders, we are actually submitting to God. We are respecting God's right to appoint those people who have authority over us, who lead us in this life, and acknowledging that, in fact, yes, all human authority is derived authority. And so, what's that mean? What does that mean for us? So we're talking about, I kind of went to the flip side of it and said, well, what does it mean to be under authority? Well, we were talking about originally, how do we lead with confidence? Well, the point in these passages is that God grants the right to lead. Right? That's, that's kind of one of the nuggets of truth behind it is God grants the right to lead. And so I said that I wanted to look at this passage from kind of a different angle. Well, I want to look at it from the perspective of people who are in leadership roles. And again, you, you might not think of yourself as, as a leader, but I would, I would be willing to bet that there are areas in your life in which you do have some leadership capacity. I, I mentioned with your family, I mentioned uh, with work, I mentioned with church, but even among your friends, you know, who who is the person who steps up and says, this is the thing I think we should do? Or, hey, that's that's not cool, friends group, we, we shouldn't talk like that, right? There are all kinds of areas in life in which we assert authority and leadership. And to have confidence and understand where that authority and leadership comes from is absolutely essential. And again, the point is, it comes from God. The right to lead comes from God. And so then where does the confidence in leading come from? That's it. That's it. If God's the one who appointed you to lead through providence, through his sovereignty, if he has put you in a position, say, say at, a, at, a, at a company, like, like me, I, I have a team of people that I am charged with leading. I I may not be qualified to do it. You know, I may, I may not be the best person for it. I may not have the skills to do it, but it doesn't, that, that's not the thing that I derive my confidence in it from. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm learning and getting better and that I have the skills and all that to do it. But really the reason that... My apologies. I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, that's Siri. That's Siri on the watch, which 
She <laughs> she does not take orders well. Siri does not recognize uh, my derived authority from God to tell her what to do because she rarely listens to me. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Leading with confidence. It's not a matter of self-confidence. It's a matter of understanding that your authority comes from God. So if we consider these principles from the standpoint of us as leaders, it it doesn't how does it answer that question? What right do I have to lead? Well, it doesn't just answer that question. It obliterates it. The reason you have a right to lead is because God's put you in a position of leadership. The reason I, I wonder it with my, with my son Watson, I'm like, Lord, are you sure you want me raising a, a human being? There's a lot of responsibility. You know, I, I, I'm kind of a dummy. Um, but why is it that I have a right to raise that child? The Lord gave me that child. And he has, as, as his father, he has given me the authority and, and the right to lead him. And that's not my responsibility to shirk. That's not right. It wouldn't be right for me to waffle and, and say, oh, what business do... It wouldn't be humble, right? You, you, would, you, you might think, oh, it'd be humble to say, what business do I have raising this child? Oh, I'm no good. And then kind of use that as an excuse to, to push off and shirk that responsibility. That would be wrong. The business I have telling that child what it means to be man, what it means to follow God, telling him no or to, you know, or to punish him when he misbehaves, that comes from God. And it's my responsibility. And so I can step into that with confidence because it's God who gives me the right to lead. And so if you're in a position of leadership, God has sovereignly placed you there. That is all the source of confidence you should need. God put you there. It might mean you need to step up to the plate. You need to, you do need to develop some of your competencies. You need to grow in an area of, of skill. Maybe you need to seek counsel and help in, in trying to become a better leader. But you shouldn't question if you have the right to be there or if you should be there because God has placed you there. You shouldn't always be wondering, oh, is this right? You know, because that's just going to undermine your, your leadership ability. And it's, it's just, it's not the right question to be answering. Uh, not the right question to be asking. But it also helps, and this is kind of the flip side of it. You know, some of you might be listening, and if you've gotten this far <laughs> and you're like, I've never struggled with leadership, but you're still listening to this, I'm glad because I have something to say to you too. You know, there are people in this world who I say have uh, unmerited confidence or unwarranted confidence. They have no business being as cocksure as they are of themselves. And sometimes these people end up in positions of leadership sheerly because they're just so crazy confident. And one of the problems that can happen is there are people who are on the opposite end of this. So there's people like me and, and perhaps some of you who are constantly like, well, should I be doing this? So, you know, why, why am I in charge? I don't, I don't really have, I shouldn't be the person who's, who's been asked to lead. There's people who are the other way and they're kind of just like, of course I'm the leader. I'm the best. And they're constantly wondering, why aren't people putting me in charge of more things? Think of how smart I am. Like, shouldn't I be the one who's in charge of everything? And so that would be the, the prideful leader. So this person doesn't lack confidence. He's got a little bit too much of it. So what do you say to him? Does this passage have anything to say to him? Oh, it sure does. It sure does. Because he is, he's confident in his leadership, but it's the wrong kind of confidence. It's the wrong kind of confidence. It's, it's again, this is self-confidence. It's, it's even arrogance. Um, 
He is doesn't question his right to lead because he believes that his right to lead comes from himself. And this person too should be helped by this because he needs to recognize that you don't deserve to lead. That mantle has been granted to you from God. And you, the reason that you have a right to lead is because God has placed you there. And so you need to have not just a confidence in leading with, with assertiveness of, okay, God has put me here, but it also teaches us, um, almost seems paradoxical, but it teaches us a humility in our leadership that we can't lord our authority over others, which is one of the things it says in the New Testament about you know, elders and pastors, that, that they shouldn't lord it over people that they've given a position of leadership. Why not? The same reason. It's given to you by God. It's not because you're better than other people that you're leading them. It's because God has given you that authority. So take a, take a dose of humility from that as well. It should humble us from, from prideful arrogance, but it should also give us confidence because it means that God has put you there, at least for this season, at least for while you're there. And so while you are leading, whatever capacity that looks like to you, do it with confidence, do it with joy, do it with assertiveness, and do it with total dependence on the God who put you there, who is also more than capable and more than willing to equip you and to give you the resources you need to lead well so that in your capacity of leadership, you are glorifying him because you're dependent on him, because you're leading with a sense of care for the people who've been entrusted to you. Because like, like the soldier said, you're a man under authority yourself. You, you know what it means to have authority, but you also know what it means to be a man under authority. Luke 7, 8, that comes from. So that is, is all I wanted to say to you. A Christian leader understands that his authority is is a stewardship entrusted to him from God and it's to be used for God's glory. And so if you're in any kind of leadership in life, that leadership comes from God. Therefore, you should neither be brazen nor should you be a cowardly leader. You should understand that your place uh, is to dispatch that leadership mantle with a humble confidence for God's glory and for the good of the people that he has given you to lead. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Uh, We'll be back next Monday with another podcast. Uh, On the blog this week, if you didn't catch it on last Wednesday, I did kind of a rundown of all of the gear I use to record this podcast and even the video version of it. Uh, People kept asking me what kind of stuff I did for my setup, and so I was tired of answering the same question over and over again. So I kind of listed it all out in a blog post. And uh, if you're somebody who's interested in starting a podcast or or a YouTube channel or something along those lines, I would encourage you, please reach out to me, uh, Reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. I mean, you can reach out to me about anything. I'm always happy to talk to listeners. Uh, but I want to help you. I would love to be a resource and of information or whatever to to help you to to produce that uh, because I want to see more Christians producing solid biblical content on the internet. I want to see more Christians tweeting more, more social media posts, more YouTube videos, more podcasts by believers. I want us to flood the digital airways, as it were, with the message of the gospel and with truth that is soundly grounded in the word of God. And so if I can be any help at all in helping you to do that, please, please, please give me a ring. 
and I would be happy to help you. All right, well, that's all I have for you this week. And until next time, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.